thanks for joining us for another episode of the Appledore Research Podcast. My name is Robert Curran, Consulting Analyst with Appledore. As ever, we're here to share insights on the transformation of telecom in the era of cloud, network automation, and AI. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Now, enjoy the show. So, a little different format for this podcast episode. We don't have a guest this week, but we do have a lot to cover. Um, as the last few weeks, the Appledore team have been on the road at several major industry events. First, we had the TM Forum's Digital Transformation World event in Copenhagen. And then last week was the GSMA's MWC Americas in Las Vegas. I know the Appledore team at both events had a ton of meetings, interactions, so I'm very pleased to have with me here to discuss takeaways from the events, John Abraham and Patrick Kelly. Welcome back, gents. Thank you, Robert. John, an Appledore audience for the podcast doesn't need any introduction to the TM Forum event. It's a it's a standard, it's a regular in the industry for many years. The headline, uh, which I think is a permanent headline for the event, was Ignite. Um, did you feel ignited in Copenhagen? What were people talking about? Well, I, I certainly think it was quite a busy event, um, and it almost picked up from where it left last year. And, and last year was uh, was a huge event, given that this was the first in-person event post-COVID. Um, so it, it, to actually pick up from that momentum and then build on it was quite a notable achievement. Um, we, we just published a report on this, and as we captured in that report, the overall attendance was high, even the operator participants uh, were higher than we saw last year. Uh, and it's it's interesting to know that it's not just uh, Europe-centered events. Uh, I mean, we obviously had good, strong participation from the tier ones in Europe. But even beyond that, we had, uh, we had almost extensive participation from leading operators across North America, Asia, Australia, and, and so on. So, so I think um, overall, there is a lot of uh, momentum. I was quite heartened to see the widespread participation, uh, and and the uh, flow space also grew. Uh, you know, so there was a lot more uh, opportunities to, uh, for vendors to engage, and you know, more new vendors coming into the picture. Uh, that that is actually the, the catalyst. Obviously, has become a draw in itself. But beyond that, there is now the top twenty uh, startup program. You know, which is also mm. getting a lot of. Um, Eyeballs. So, so overall, I would say it was quite a tight event, uh, yeah. and uh, certainly should be back for the next year for us. Yeah. No, good. I, I agree with you on on all those points, John. I think the the globalness of this event is it's good to see that sustained. Um, you know, companies from China, you know, Australia, all the way through to to US. So, so yeah, no, I agree. It, it definitely has a global global reach, which is good. From the point of view of you know what your research focuses on, John, what would you say? were some of the main themes that you picked up, um, you know, topics of conversation around digital enablement. Anything strike you as uh, standing out there? Well, uh, there is an incredible amount of activity happening around the digital enablement segment. I think that's the biggest takeaway because Mm. that was not always the case. You know, even if you go back five years ago, uh, this was quite a uh, placid segment, you know, very little new things happening. But there, there is right now, it's almost like a multi-fronted battlefield. So many different narratives, so many different themes. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, within CX or customer experience itself, we've got two separate and important uh, narratives. One is the customer journey orchestration, you know, all the elements related to transformation of the front office that continues to have a lot of momentum. And that is also where 
there is a lot of easily accessible value creation for Gen AI based tools. So that's obviously become a, a, a bigger topic of conversation. And then on the B2B concept to cash framework, you know, the CRM, CPQ, catalog, auto management, there seems to be a lot of new conversations going on there as well. Um, new announcements, you know, upgrades. Uh, I think we are getting closer to maturity in that segment. So that's why there's a, been an explosion of interest into that to understand how that'll evolve and how operators need to be prepared for the, you know, automating the concept of cash flow. And then there is monetization, and it, it, it has been a topic of conversation for a while. But right now, I think we are standing on the cusp of a major upgrade cycle, you know, especially on the back of 5GSA and specifically for the charging engine. So that was obviously uh, a topic of uh, discussion as well. Um, and I, I also will call out MVNO, uh, the emergence of digital brands as a big theme across the event this year. Yeah, um, there's a lot of new vendors entering this space, which is always heartening to see. I mean, existing vendors like Amdocs, who have launched a specific a suite called Digital Brand Suite for MVNO, but also others like Optiva, Quantel, and MDS, and also newer vendors like Totogi, Moflex, Telnis, Covalence Digital, just to name some. I'm, yeah. I'm sure I missed a few there, but that that just shows the amount of new activity going on in this particular segment yeah good to see good to see uh you know some new uh new entrants in there and 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 the boundaries constantly being you know uh pushed back uh, on, on all of these areas customer yes. engagement monetization and it's a uh, it's good to see a bit more vibrance john i know you you've got uh a new report out on the on the digital market do you want to just mention anything from that i mean how much is that market worth yeah, so um, just from a product standpoint, without including professional services, the digital enablement market is worth roughly $11 billion on an annualized basis. Uh, so understandably, this is quite an attractive segment uh, for vendors to participate in and quite an important segment for operators to track closely. Um, and I would say one of the key takeaways as we were working through breaking down how money was being spent in this particular segment was uh, was uh, the uh, a shift in attitude from an operator perspective where they are more open to working with far smaller but innovative companies, you know, companies with uh, exposure to enterprise uh, applications and so okay. on. So, so there is a shift happening in the the segment. This is quite, a, I would say. Uh, it's a, it's a bit of an intricate segment, you know, because you've got on one side uh, well-entrenched legacy systems. There's a lot of that in this particular segment. And at the same time, you also have the bleeding edge of new emerging applications. Yeah. Um, so so it's, it's a mix of different things coming together <clears throat> and, uh, you know, a lot of maturity, a lot of experimentation going on, innovation going on. Uh, and at the same time, from an operator perspective, they are trying to drive you know like bring in gen ai and, and and use that as an uh as a medium to reduce cost you know there's mm. a lot of conversations happening across monetization across especially across customer engagement on how to try and do that so um the report in particular actually what we have done is we think we are uh, what we are doing that is quite unique um, we are breaking down the separate two separate pillars of the customer uh, or digital enablement program monetization and 
um, customer uh, engagement and, and we are then breaking them down further into sub-segment and then tracking how the numbers uh, are within each of, each of those sub-segments you know, including okay. the key leading vendors and so on. Great. Excellent. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, John, I know you, you, you touched on it briefly there. Gen AI it was one of the topics in, in the uh, post-show report that we wrote up. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more in, in a moment. The DTW report, we, we subtitled Time's Up, um, which is a slightly provocative sort of a title. But, but I think, you know, Gen AI in that context brings in something that, you know, there's more new technology coming to market all the time. And, and the, you know, what's at the, what's at the disposal of operators now is a pretty exceptional range of technologies, I think, certainly from all the vendors that, that we saw and, and spoke to. Uh, when you go from, you know, autonomous networks was a big theme in the event, uh, right way through to some of the emerging stuff in there, as you're talking about now, you know, the charging frontiers and, and Gen AI. You know, it's uh, it's time the operators, you know, think differently uh, about things. Uh, you know, the pressures are on from a context point of view, environmental, ecological, economic, you know, you name it. And uh, and now it's time to now it's time to to really step up and, and make some of those changes, not just the incremental benefit, but really kind of pressing on. So I think that was uh, something that, that again, folks can check out in the in the bigger report. John, I'm conscious that you know as we left the event. Uh, there was a big notice up reminding us that the next year's event is is less than a year away. <laughs> it's just just nine months away. It's uh, June the eighteenth to twentieth, I think, next year. Do you think that that timing might might impact next year's event at all? Um, I think there is good and bad. Um, the good part of having an event like this in September was that there was a good six months gap from the Barcelona MWC. Uh, but at the same time, on the other side, we have heard we have had conversations with people telling us it's it's better to move it further up, you know, like in yeah. June, so that some of the activities that are initiated in this event they can actually see the results of that in the same financial year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think, um, and I think uh, that's a perhaps a more important point. Uh, and um, you know, climate-wise, I think it's going to be better. Fingers crossed. So yeah. You know, <laughs> Yeah, it was a little rainy this year, but uh, fine. Yeah, no good. It's certainly worth worth going to. We, we'll be marking our calendars for that for next year. Okay, great. Thanks, John. I want to switch tracks now and, and get a perspective from the other major event that took place recently in Las Vegas with, with Patrick. Uh, we had a again, strong team on the ground. Patrick uh, was there, Grant Lenahan, Roman Ferrando. Patrick, again, MWC doesn't need a, a, any introduction for this uh, for this audience, but what what were you taking away from the show? What was happening, and who did you spend the most valuable time with uh, on site? Yeah, Robert, good uh, you know, good to be on the uh, podcast with you. Mostly, as as people know, the MWC America's event highly focused on the operators in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, there was pretty strong presence. Uh, AT and T was there, Verizon, T Mobile. Then you had a lot of the infrastructure suppliers there that you would expect. Samsung, uh, NTT, NEC, Cisco, Ericsson, Dell, Nokia. Um, then the, the, you know, the software virtualization suppliers like VMware was there, the, the cloud uh, platform providers, AWS, IBM, Microsoft. Uh, and then we met with some of the special, you know, specialty suppliers in the, in the telco market. So conversations with um, Spirant and Snowflake, JMA Wireless, and, uh, you know, a few one-on-one -on -one meetings that we had, uh, surprisingly, from operators outside of North America. So, uh, yeah, we had conversations with uh, Deutsche Telekom. Uh, we had a meeting with um, NTT Docomo. So, it was a good, um, you know, a, a good solid event given the number of attendees. I think, 
we're estimating maybe about 5,000 attendees. I think GSMA was saying around eight, um, but a highly focused event. They did a, did a nice job with uh, speakers well-rounded, both from the operator side and the supplier side. And then you had some of the regulators there as well. It's good to hear that it was a good, a good solid show. I know last year we felt a little differently about some of the, some of the activity on site, but yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds good. In terms of, in terms of themes, again, what stood out for you at yeah, NWC Americas this year? Yeah, key themes, um, just at a real high level, we heard from some of the general managers and senior execs, uh, at the large infrastructure suppliers that, um, they're, they're, they have some concerns around reduced capital spending in North America and also in Europe. This is sort of, you know, peaking out of the 5G investment cycle. Uh, another big theme was private wireless. Um, excellent, excellent demo. Um, it was a private, private room demo from NTT data, uh, about what they're doing in the space. Um, obviously AI and gen AI sort of from our point of view, that's kind of like stole the show. Um, you're sort of seeing that momentum continue on through, through the year. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the discussion, at least with operators and suppliers is, uh, you know, sort of figuring out how they get benefits, you know, business, business outcomes using generative AI or AI in general. And then more importantly, how they work with some of the foundation model suppliers, uh, like Anthropic and OpenAI and stability, uh, in the marketplace. You know, one, one of the things that, um, you know, in a private meeting that sort of got raised on this topic around Gen AI was the fact that uh, there was some reservations on the best strategy to pursue going forward. And I think a lot of that's due mostly to the shortage of labor in, in the AI domain, um, trying to anticipate regulation and the use of data, and then Probably most importantly, I think on the minds of most, most folks is access to foundational models, um, which really drives the engine, right? So, uh, and you sort of like saw at, at right at the top of the, you know, Monday before the show got going, uh, AWS did a minority equity stake in Anthropic uh, for $4 billion. And I think, you know, what, one of the things we're trying to do is gain that out. Like, you know, what's this, what's this market look like a year or two years out? Yeah. Um, you know, who's, who's left in the marketplace, uh, and how this, how this ecosystem is going to work. And then probably more importantly, how do you drive, uh, better business outcomes, uh, for any, any operator that's going to use this type of technology? Um, and then, uh, finally, Open RAN, I can't, you know, I can't not talk about Open RAN. Mm -hmm. Uh, the big bombshell was Ericsson's announcement. Uh, you know, effectively, Ericsson's jumping in and endorsing. So they're, they're, uh, they've got some rollout plans, uh, in 2024 on the front hall, and they're going to be collaborating with Telefonica to accelerate the development of, uh, cloud, uh, cloud native open network. Uh, so a lot going on there. And then you had, you, you had the whole ecosystem on the open RAN market side. So yeah. you had the, uh, virtualization platform suppliers like Wind River, Red Hat, VMware. Um, you have the base station software suppliers like Fujitsu and NEC. Um, and then the COT server suppliers, uh, you know, Dell, uh, Intel, as well as the hardware accelerators. Uh, you yeah. know, Qualcomm was there. Um, yeah. 
you know, so you, you had the sort of the whole gamut. Interestingly enough, um, some of the pure plays, you know, the base station software suppliers like Mavenier were, were not, uh, at least I didn't see them. They weren't really present at this show. Yeah. Uh, and it'd be again, interesting to see how that market develops. And I know Robert, you've written about that market, uh, yeah. but a lot of, uh, you know, under the covers, like sort of everybody's talking about Gen AI, but, you know, also a lot of discussions around what's happening in Open RAN. Yeah, the general coverage of it is kind of interesting. Uh, I think there's there's multiple forms of Open RAN, not just at a technology level, but I mean, what do you think Open RAN actually is uh, still seems yeah. to be yeah. a, a divisive point uh, to some degree. So, so yeah, but I mean, that it takes me into to, to what we're going to be doing next week. I'll, I'll come back to that in a, in a minute. Patrick, one of the things we we talked about in the podcast last time in the research note was the um, show news. <laughs> show news is back. You know, people using these events as a platform to actually, you know, bring something new to the attention of the market. Anything caught your eye particularly around NWC that, that the industry should know more about? Yeah, well, one big announcement, Robert. Nokia uh, announced their network as a code, uh, which you know sort of fits in with uh, the you know the coverage that John has around Camara and the, the broader coverage we have around uh, APIs and you know GSMA's open APIs. So I think um, you know when we were at the show, we had several discussions with uh, vendors that were involved and uh, beyond Nokia. Uh, and, and we see a lot of momentum in that marketplace. So uh, yeah. I think that's worth pointing out. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that's that's a positive for the industry. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. It, it was it, it was something that uh, we got a bit of insight on at the analyst day that they held in Copenhagen as well. So, so yeah, no, I agree. Important, important development. And, yeah, and the, big, the big takeaway for Nokia's announcement uh, for folks interested is... Um, they're, uh, they're branding it um, both as a many-to-many services API marketplace. Um, and, uh, you know, that sort of, again, is pretty much in line with GSMA and the Camara specification. So, uh, you know, I think that, that was a pretty good, uh, a pretty good deal uh, on Nokia's side. Okay, great. Thanks, Patrick. John, how about you from an announcement point of view? What's been catching your eye recently? So... At, at DTW, we had, as I said, it was quite an incredibly active event for the digital enablement segment. And we had a lot of new announcements in and around the event. Um, ARIA Systems uh, had uh, announced a new partnership with Salesforce, you know, um, mm. basically about them becoming the de facto billing engine for the Salesforce platform, which is quite a significant one. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Netcracker, which has been quite on Gen AI for a while, you know, came out of the gate with multiple announcements uh, on that topic. In fact, uh, Patrick just published a report on Netcracker's initiatives in Gen AI, but they have, I think during the event, they announced partnerships with uh, Microsoft Azure, AWS, uh, and also Google Cloud. So clearly going all in on the Gen AI wave. Yeah. Um, Nokia uh, announced edge charging. Um, obviously, that was announced just before the event. But again, we had a lot of discussions around this at the event itself. Mm-hmm. Tatogi launched Woosh, which is their A2B APIs, which they are positioning as an alternative to Twilio. Uh, and Tatogi also had a small um, or a new partnership announced with Telnus. Uh, which is another Windows actually focused on the MVNO space. Uh, 
Um, there was another big announcement of, I thought was quite significant, which is the Oracle OCI partnership with Microsoft Azure. Um, I think the CEOs of the two companies uh, actually announced it, um, uh, you know, obviously not yeah. at the event, but um, I'm told that it can have a, quite a significant impact on how workloads are moved from or off Oracle uh, onto onto the Azure um, cloud. So, so again, something to watch out for. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so quite a few. I'm, I'm sure I may have missed some. Uh, we yeah. obviously have the Amdocs Microsoft new CEP platform that's set mm -hmm. to go live in in a few weeks. So that's also, you know, probably something that's coming up. So there's a lot of activity, as I said, you know, going on in this segment right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Excellent. Um, I, I know last year, I mean, we always like to look at, you know, how, how these kind of events and trade shows, like what's the cycle? Are they getting better? Are they getting more tuned in? Uh, you know, how's the landscape changing? Last year, I, I mentioned, I think, our, you know, our coverage of, of MWC, again, first proper sort of post-COVID, it was a little muted. It was a little kind of focused on, on the cellular business. It was very clear. Sounds like what you're saying is this year uh, a little bit more forward-looking, a little bit more uh, variety in vendors and things. Do you, do you think that Embassy Americas is 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 a show worth attending for the kind of you know, companies that we that we focus on from a network automation point of view, AI and cloud? Is is it a good place to to be as a vendor of, of that kind of system? Yeah, it's a solid show. Um, I think you know for a North American event, it's 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 one of those events you have to be there. Um, yeah. I, I think. Um, and we kind of pointed this out in our research note post-show. Uh, if you are a savvy marketer, uh, don't, you know, don't rent booth space. Uh, yeah. Just set up meeting rooms. And uh, some of the more savvy marketers, they, they were off-site, you know, across the street at the Marriott uh, from okay. West Hall. Or, um, you know, people just sort of setting up in the food court. The food court, which is right outside the exhibit hall, was just packed with meetings. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of, I think there was a lot of meaningful discussions and um, discussions around business and partnerships, uh, et cetera, going on. Uh, I think it's a worthwhile event. I mean, at a bare minimum, if you're, if you're active in this market, uh, you don't need to set up a booth, just, you know, send a few folks, uh, biz dev or account execs yeah. in. Uh, it's a very worthwhile show. And like I said, the, uh, the agenda was pretty solid. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Good. I, I guess we'll be we'll be back next year. Um. Uh. We have we have post show right up on that uh, detail covering some of the points you mentioned there, and, and again in, in more depth. Uh, listeners can can get in touch with us if they're interested in in seeing that's there on the on the website. Um. It seems like we're back into like a busy fall stroke autumn event season like we used to have. I'm going to be on the road again next week with with Francis. We're going to be going to the Fuse event in Madrid. That's the telecom infra project tip open and disaggregated networks event in madrid second time out for that event last year was very good um the team behind that or you know worked really hard to make that have a different sort of a vibe try and mix things up a little bit um they had some musical vegetables last year uh, i won't go into that it was you can see it on, on, on youtube it was pretty fun um i must say you know there's some stuff i look forward to in, in that event the ericsson announcement and, and the kind of impact on uh, on that in the open round community, I'm interested to to get some one on one time with with folks around that uh, to see if they think that's a good thing, a neutral thing, a bad thing. Again, a, a mix of commentary already in the 
in the market about that. So we'll we'll see how that uh, affects things. But you know, it's the it's the church for the converted. I think that's part of what I mentioned last year. So like John, you mentioned with DTW, seeing new people coming in uh, will be a good sign. If it's if it's the same group talking to themselves again, that that's you know that's less uh, you know less interesting. But hopefully, we'll see some uh, you know some some new people in there as well. Um, I also want to give a shout out to the FutureNet event in Asia, which is coming up the week after that, uh, October 18th, 19th. Yeah, we've got uh, Shanti uh, uh, speaking at that event, but also uh, doing meetings. Yeah, excellent. Uh, the FutureNet team uh, do, do a great job and, and we weren't able to go last year. So it's, it's good that we've got Shanti on, on the ground there. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that. The, you know, the, the well-run events seem to get you know, a little bigger, a little better uh, with each iteration. So that's uh, that's good to see. Okay, uh, gents, that's been really interesting to get some insight, uh, from both of those major events. They're total staples in the, in the telecom and software calendar. Uh, and, and it's good to, to hear there. They seem to be thriving, uh, and some good topics there that also keep, keep life interesting for us all. Uh, terrific. Okay. Thanks for your time. And we'll be talking again real soon. Thank you, Robert. Bye, Robert. have been listening to the Apple Door Research Podcast. Join us next time for more insights and conversation on the transformation of telecom.